I love the image of Mary traveling dusty, rocky roads to visit Elizabeth. Mary, young and recently pregnant by the Holy Spirit, on her way to visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, married to the priest, Zechariah, and old enough to be past childbearing, is six months pregnant with John, who will become the Baptist. Both are unexpected pregnancies. They have so much to talk about. This pregnancy has upended Mary's life. She is young and healthy, chastely engaged to a nice man with a solid job. She expected to get married and create her own household with Joseph. Raise children, go to the well, do the laundry, cook dinner, attend synagogue regularly, and make pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. Eventually have grandbabies, live a full but unexciting life, as would have been typical for a woman of her place and time. Now all of that is in question. And the angel said so many things about this baby. What do they all mean? The future is definitely not going to be what she expected. Pivoting life to take in the unexpected, even when it's something good, forces us to let go of expectations and dreams about our future. It happens all the time in our personal lives. We find out about a new diagnosis, an unexpected pregnancy, someone we love dies, a relationship fractures, we lose a pregnancy, we get laid off, or get a great job offer. A pandemic changes our every work and school and social interaction. Something happens. And we are forced to reevaluate our life, to let go of hopes and expectations as we shift to a new reality. It happens in our church community, too. Friends leave the church by death or preference or because of conflict. Once vital ministries dwindle or end, a beloved clergy leader leaves. Pandemic precautions restrict programs and ministries. Predictability is tenuous. The future looks and feels uncertain. Our natural human response to these kinds of broken expectations and dreams, even when the thing happening is a good thing, is grief. It's the process of grief that gets us from that initial, oh, soup, recognition that life has just changed in some previously unimagined way to eventually being able to claim the blessing and joy in our new version of life in its fullness. We can imagine Mary's journey from that moment with the angel telling her some quite wild and irrational news, 
to this moment when she arrives at Elizabeth's house, singing this song of God's majesty and promise. Mary makes her way past the denial, fear, and even anger at the angel's announcement, past the bargaining, doubt, and depression that are the middle stages of mourning a forced change in our life expectations. Mary comes to acceptance of her pregnancy, of the prophecy of her son as the Messiah, of the presence of the Holy Spirit within her. Mary gets to a place of joy and proclaiming the greatness of God. The very same God we can imagine she questioned, railed at, bargained with, and despaired would ever be known to her again. Mary goes beyond acceptance. She moves to a place of joy. Joy that spreads from her life to the life of the world. She says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary sings praise and glory to God's strength and mercy, shown as God scatters the proud in their conceit, casts down the mighty from their thrones, and sends the rich away empty. God is lifting up the lowly, filling the hungry with good things. God's power is in ordinary people like Mary and Elizabeth and you and me. God's reign brings dignity to the invisible and marginalized, food to those who hunger, healing and wholeness to those who suffer. Mary's song foreshadows her son's whole ministry of proclaiming the inbreaking kingdom of God where no person is devalued or oppressed. And that song sings to us, reminding us that we matter, even when we struggle with grief and disappointment for how our lives could have been. God does not forsake us. Like Mary seeking Elizabeth's company to share the experience of life-changing pregnancy, we do not walk alone when the way seems difficult or dark. We walk with one another. And from our humble lives, from the hope we come to know, we speak the truth of light and love to the darkness, to the principalities and powers that would try to persuade us that we are small, lowly, forgotten, and insignificant. Mary proclaims otherwise. She calls us to join her song of hope and revolution to the proclamation of the coming kingdom that will indeed conquer all hate and fear in the world.
a love that subverts the structures of power and has room for every person. This is not bewildered, inarticulate, teenage, merry, meek, and mild. On this last Sunday in Advent, when our expectation for the birth of Mary's child is at the peak, Mary's song calls us together, calls us to move through our grief and disappointments, to share her hope, with one another and with the world. Mary's song calls us to a future where God's love and justice prevail, a future where the light of our humble lives live together in faith and community, pierce the suffocating darkness of fear. One individual can hold hope for a different future, but when we come together in hope, we create a holy revolution. We join Mary in proclaiming the comfort of God's greatness and strength, mercy and compassion to a world that is heavy with grief. With unreasonable joy, we prepare the world to receive the greatest gift of all, love. <laughs>